All right, rookie, listen up. Pedal to the metal isn't going to get you to the winner's circle. You got to know when to come in so you can go out on top. Welcome to Secrets for an Awesome Life. You ever see someone living a pretty awesome life and wonder, man, do they know secrets that I don't? Yes, yes, they do. And this podcast is about those secrets. I'm your host, Joey Massio, certified life coach, educator, and counselor for teens and young adults. Welcome to my show. Before we get into today's episode, I want to let you know that me and the other firmly founded coaches are launching a monthly teen membership program. Four coaches, one program, exclusively for teens. People have been asking for something like this for a while, and we're making it happen. I'll give more details at the end of the episode, but right now, I'll just say this much. It ain't your mother's coaching program. And now, episode 26, Pit Stops. It was a beautiful day in Daytona. Sun shining, not a cloud in sight. A perfect day for NASCAR's biggest race. Among all the legends and great ones was a rookie that everyone had their eye on. Rand McNally. McNally was the newest and most talked about racer, and many had their bets on him walking away with the Earl Trophy at the end of the day. It could have been his charisma, his impressive skills, or the fact that his crew chief was Dale Peterson, a NASCAR legend. Many considered McNally lucky to have got Peterson on board. Others said it was fate. Either way, the two made a very powerful team. As McNally got into position, Peterson came on over his intercom. 200 laps, this is the big leagues. You ready for this, rookie? McNally got buckled in. Yes, sir. Follow my lead and that trophy is yours, Peterson said from the pit. McNally gave him a thumbs up out of his driver's side window. With all the cars in place, the race began, and McNally almost instantly pulled into the lead. Following Peterson's instructions, he maneuvered in, through, and around the other cars until he made it to the very front of the pack. Peterson came on over the intercom. Great job, rookie. All you got to do now is hold your position. McNally held on to the lead for the majority of the race, but in lap 152, he got passed by Carnegie Turner, the veteran driver who has won the Earl Trophy the past three years in a row. Don't worry, said Peterson. We'll get it back. Stay calm, stay focused. Come in for your last pit stop, and we'll get you ready to take back the lead. No, not right now, said McNally. All right, said Peterson hesitantly. Let's give it a few more. McNally tried everything he could to pass up Turner, but he just couldn't do it. His head started to fill with all the things people had said about him. He's too young, too inexperienced. He's not ready for a big race. He wanted to rub this win in their faces, but now Turner was proving them all right. Okay, it's time to come on in, rookie. One more lap, McNally said tensely. I think now would be best, son. Turner still needs to pit as well. Well, I'm not going in till he goes in. Rookie, it's easier to get ahead in the pits than on the track. We have the best pit crew around. I'm staying out. 
McNally said with finality. Peterson sighed. Okay, it's your call. Two more laps passed before Turner headed to the pit. McNally started to follow him in, but at the last second, he stayed on the track. Peterson came on the intercom. McNally, you need to come in. You do not have enough fuel to finish the race. I can make it, McNally snapped back. You need new tires, and I got this, okay? And McNally flipped off his headset. Rookie? Rookie! Peterson threw his hat in anger. The only thing he could do now was watch and pray that the kid he was supposed to guide to the finish line made it there in one piece. McNally's plan worked. He sailed into first place, and when Turner came out of his pit stop, he was a good 20 seconds behind. With 19 laps to go, McNally felt hopeful. After a few more laps, Turner was right behind him. McNally kept his pace, kept his position, and was able to block all attempts Turner made at passing him. At seven laps left, McNally felt his tires starting to lose grip on the turns. I got this, he kept telling himself. I got this. Though he wasn't sure if he really did. He thought Peterson might know a good strategy for maneuvering with bald tires, but he couldn't ask him. Not now. Not after he ignored his advice and shut him out. McNally would really have to do this on his own. He was starting to sweat, and nerves were taking over. Every turn had the potential to send him sliding into the wall. Turner had backed off now. All of the racers had. They were keeping their distance, waiting for him to lose control. Four laps left. McNally's hands felt numb on the wheel. He just kept repeating his mantra, I got this, I got this. Three laps left and six more turns. He had to take the turns slower, so he gassed it hard on the straightaways to make up for lost time. Four more turns. The other drivers seemed to be in their own race behind him, vying for positioning to see who would be in first when McNally eventually hit the wall. Three more turns. I got this, I got this. Then, before the second to last turn, the start of the final lap, it happened. McNally noticed his speedometer dropping. He pushed the gas pedal to the floor, but he did not go faster. The sensation was surreal. The world all around him slowed. He pumped the gas, but it was no use. He had run out of fuel. The other cars whizzed around him with ease, like they had been expecting this the whole time, hoping for this. Almost like they made it happen. But... As McNally coasted to a stop, he knew this wasn't on them. He had been the one who made the choice. Ignored common sense. Ignored his crew chief. Oh yeah, Peterson, he thought. McNally flipped on his headset. He heard the sound of the other pit crews celebrating. He was sure Peterson was still on the comms. Though, he wasn't saying anything. McNally sadly said, I should have listened to you. I, I should have come in, but I was winning, and... He trailed off. Peterson's gruff voice came on. You may have been ahead of everyone else, rookie, but you weren't winning. The secret for an awesome life today is this. Pit stops are important to winning the race. They don't slow you down. They help you go faster. A life pit stop is any time you step away from whatever you're racing toward in life to get a tune-up of the mind. 
There are many different crew chiefs that we'll have throughout our lives. Here are some of them and what a pit stop with them might look like. First off, your parents. Whether you like it or not, parents make the best crew chiefs because they are inherently invested in your success and they have been on the track before. Maybe not the exact track you're on, but lessons can still be learned from their experience. And if not, if they don't have any experience or wisdom, that's okay. I'd prefer someone who is clueless, but has a strong desire, even to the point of sacrifice, to help me succeed, over someone who has all the wisdom to help me succeed, but they don't really care if I do. Parents are also usually willing to give help whenever you want it, for free, and will usually throw in a meal or two while you're with them. If you don't have a parent around, or if you have one and maybe they don't have wisdom or the desire to help you, don't worry. Your life is full of other crew chiefs. Another crew chief you'll have in your life is a teacher or a leader. In both areas, secular and religious, teachers and leaders are people who serve or work in areas where they love being there for young people to give advice or guidance. Stopping in with your favorite teacher or leader now and then is a great way to get refocused on the finish line and figure out the best way to get there. Another crew chief is your life coach. I don't know if you have one or not, but I believe that everyone needs a life coach, especially those who want to succeed at high levels, win the race. Lots of professional athletes, entrepreneurs, and celebrities have a life coach. A life coach is not a therapist. A life coach is like a personal trainer at the gym. You go to the gym because you want to get stronger. A personal trainer knows all the machines, techniques, and workouts to help you build the muscle groups you want to bulk up. A life coach does the same thing, but for your mind. Yes, your mind can get stronger, even if it's already pretty strong. You don't stop going to the gym if you're all strong and buff. You go to maintain it and to build on it. I have a life coach. Her name is Jody Moore. I am a life coach, and I coach teens and young adults. I, I would love to be your coach. In Firmly Founded, we have me and two other coaches, Darby and Allie, who work with teens and young adults. Go to firmlyfounded.com to check us out. And there are lots of other life coaches out there. Go to thelifecoachschool.com and click Find a Coach. I'm on there, but so are a bunch of other coaches who coach the same way I do. If you're a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, like I am, and you're looking specifically for an LDS life coach, then go to ldslifecoaches.com. I'm also on there, but so are a bunch of other awesome life coaches, plenty who work with teens and young adults. Get a life coach. They are incredibly helpful. I mean, I think everyone will have one in the future. Another example of a crew chief is a friend. People always say you need to choose your friends carefully. And this is why a crew chief is always talking in your ear. And that's a position that carries a lot of power with it. If you have a friend who doesn't see any value in the finish line you're trying to get to, or maybe they see the value, but has become disillusioned with the race itself, you won't be getting race winning advice from them. Friends also come and go. Teachers and leaders come and go, but generally friends don't have the years of experience teachers and leaders do. Pit stops with friends can be good, especially if they are good friends. But you definitely want more pit stops with people who score high in experience, 
how long they have been and will be in your life, and investment in your success. There are some friends who may totally fit that description, so pit stops with them are very helpful. Another crew chief will be the books you read and the media you consume. It's a less formal pit stop, but it's a pit stop nonetheless. Remember, in this analogy, a pit stop isn't a rest stop. It's a breakaway from the everyday grind to tune up and will determine your effectiveness, focus, and beliefs when you get back out there in the race. There are books and media, like this podcast, that are designed to give you strength, vitality, tools, and drive for success. Then there are books and media that may be merely designed to entertain, but will always have an effect on how you view the world. Sometimes we think we are just relaxing at a rest stop, just watching a movie, listening to music, reading a book, or scrolling TikTok or Instagram. But our car is always being worked on, whether we know it or not. The media we pick will determine whether our screws are being tightened or loosened. The last crew chief that you might have in your life is God. Now, if you don't believe in God, then it's whatever you have in your life that fits that same role. Something outside of you, outside of others. It could be spiritual, it could be nature or the universe, karma, conscience, whatever it is for you. But I believe there is something in all of us that wants to steer us right. Sending whispers to our minds, encouraging us to be our best selves. I don't know what it is for you, but for me, it's my Father in Heaven and His Son, Jesus Christ. Doing a pit stop often with a crew chief of this stature helps keep me going. It's someone who loves me for wherever I am in the race and simultaneously wants me to improve my standing in the race. This kind of pit stop can look like prayer, meditation, scripture reading, or pondering the mysteries of life. Whatever it is for you, it's usually a quiet time of reflection, different from just laying on a hammock and thinking of whatever comes to mind. But it's actively working on a question, thought, or idea with your crew chief. You can still be laying on a hammock, though. That's totally fine. These are just some of the crew chiefs in life. The next time one of them calls you in for a pit stop, take them up on it. Head in. Your brain may tell you that you'll get ahead faster if you don't take time with such things. But our brain is often wrong. Your pit crew is waiting to help you. They have the tools and the perspective to help. I mean, if you're not going as fast as you want to, and your engine is smoking, it's hard to see what's wrong from inside the car. They are there for you, but you have to choose to come in. They can't help you if you don't come in. And if you don't stop every 50 laps or so, you run the risk of getting burned out, disillusioned, worn down, and running out of gas. Remember what Peterson told McNally. It's easier to get ahead in the pits than on the track. Me and three other incredible teen life coaches have joined forces and are launching a teen coaching membership program. Nothing like this exists out there as far as I know, especially with four amazing coaches in one program. It's a monthly membership where teens get access to powerful courses designed by us to help teens with exactly what they are going through. It also has weekly coaching workshops 
where teens can volunteer to be coached live or watch and learn from the experiences of others. And the program has monthly community events that involve games, giveaways, and monthly cash prizes teens can win by participating in the program. Every successful athlete, celebrity, and entrepreneur has a coach. Now, your teen can get four at their fingertips. Go to firmlyfounded.com slash team for more information. I'll see you in there.